With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And yes, this is the Cindy Meyer Spirit Seeker radio show that happens each week. And we have over 200 shows archived. Um, And this show is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine and Cindy Meyer. And I have been the publisher of this magazine for uh, 15 years. It's hard to believe. We just celebrated 15 years in print. And uh, we just meet the most interesting people through the magazine, through the efforts of our holistic conferences, and also um, this weekly radio show. So what does Spirit Seeker do? A lot of people are like, well, what is that? What is Spirit Seeker? And we're more than a magazine, but we are a magazine. And we've been published in the Midwest, as I said, for 15 years and online for 13 of those 15 years. So each month we have different articles. Um, And this month uh, you can read the September issue at www.spiritseeker.com. And we will be talking about Baracko, the unexplainable phenomena, And um, this gentleman is someone that you can read about in this issue of Spirit Seeker. Um, And uh, my guests will be arriving momentarily, and if they're not, then you're going to be hearing Cindy Meyer talk a lot about Braco. Um, But uh, he's from from Croatia and a healer, and... Um, these are some of the people that we come across with this with this radio show and magazine. We each each month has a theme. So this month we have redefining the peace movement. We have uh, several articles on yoga, looking at yoga other than just the physical part because there's a much deeper meaning of yoga and the yoga sutras and the movements, um, and all of that is uh, in this issue of Spirit Seeker. There's also an excellent article, The Mood Food Connection, Enjoy Your Food, by um, Denise Lynn and her uh, daughter, who has co-authored that book. And this is our second excerpt, actually first excerpt, and then we have another one coming up in the October issue. We also have an article about highly sensitive people, and that was uh, the topic of last week's radio show with uh, Elaine Aaron. And so you can listen to all of these radio shows just by going to the Spirit Seeker website. You click on the left-hand corner where it says Blog Talk Radio, and that will take you to the 200-plus interviews. So in addition to the magazine, Spirit Seeker hosts different uh, guest speakers coming through the Midwest. We also work in partnership with our sister cities. So we are helping promote the Bracco Seminar that is happening October 12th through 14th in Chicago. Um, The guest last week, Dr. Elaine Aaron, will be teaching a workshop on for highly sensitive people um, and that will be Saturday, September 29th this weekend in Wheaton, Illinois. 
we also have a second guest coming on at um, 8 o'clock tonight, Lama Suryadas, who is very well known for working with meditation in the East and the West. He studied with teachers from all over the world. He has worked with the Dalai Lama on meditation projects, and he will be coming to Kansas City. So we're very blessed um, to have all of these different guests coming to the Midwest, and so that's part of what Spirit Seeker does. We let people know through our radio show. We let people know through the magazine. We have an email newsletter that goes out to um, many, many people each each week, letting them know about our radio shows, and um, each week uh, we host different different um different guests. Okay, so I don't think my guests are here as yet. Um, Nate, if you will just text me if and when they arrive, and I'm going to um, also send them an email. Um, So what else can I tell you about Spirit Seeker? I'm going to tell you about Cindy Meyer. Okay, so I am the publisher, and people uh, know I wear many hats, but here are just a few. So I'm a Reiki master teacher. I have students who study with me. I'm an intuitive life coach. And people are like, what is an intuitive life coach? Well, I do psychic readings. Yes, I do. But I also do coaching. And when I do coaching, it's based on the model that um, I have studied the mind, the body, and the spirit. I don't know, 30-something years now. I started off as a nurse, and then I continued just taking psychology classes and this class and wound up working on my MBA after doing a year in master's in counseling and master's in social work and then realized um, three years of master's and it just, uh, oh, my guests are here. So just give me, I'll give you just a little bit more information. So so I started off in traditional medicine, knew quickly that um, my vision and scope with life was a little bit bigger than that, um, but I've always honored traditional medicine, but I've always known that there are healing uh, things that are way beyond anything that we can understand with the analytical mind. So I went on to become a Reiki master teacher, study past life regression. Um, I'm trained in many, many Eastern healing disciplines, Chi Nei Sang, uh, Qi Gong, Tai Chi. I could go on and on, but I would probably bore you. Um, but the main thing is, is that I get lots of opportunities to speak on energy medicine and will be speaking to a nursing school tomorrow night opening their mind to possibilities with healing so um i am now going to welcome my guests uh tonight i am interviewing angelica whitecliffe and mike uh, dr michael sala and they will be discussing um talking about Paraco, who is the croatian healer and this is the one that i said to you um will be coming to Chicago on October uh, 14th through 16th. So, Angelica and Dr. Michael, are you there? Hi, we sure are, Cindy. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I yeah. thought, oh, I thought I said the reminder, but I thought maybe I forgot. So, oh, so welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> and um, oh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Okay. So I'm just going to give the listeners just a, a sneak preview into who you are and then um and then, you know, of course, uh, you know, you have plenty of time to like, you know, add on to this. But um Angelica is um she works with spirit and science, sort of like what I was saying earlier. You know, those of us who are very scientific oftentimes tap into the fact that there's just way more than we can explain with our analytical minds. And so she has been studying the earth changes, super healing, angels, waking consciousness, telepathy, working with the um, UFOs, and, you know, UFO studies have been around forever. Uh, well, I wouldn't say forever, but um, 
but she's worked with all of this. She's a uh, multi-dimensional communicator, and she founded Hawaii's annual Earth Transformation Conference. And I know you've worked with Brocco because you've written the book, 21 Days with Brocco. So, um, Angelica, tell us just a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go to Dr. Sala, and then um, we'll talk about what people are going to experience in Chicago. But how is it that you came to find yourself on this path um, that led you to Brocco? Well, I'll tell you, Cindy, that ever since I was very young in grade school, I was sneaking books out of the library into my home about things like telepathy, teleportation, uh, about communicating with nature spirits, because my family was very conventional and didn't really understand these things, but it was just innately so that when I became an adult, uh, my research from uh, ancient archaeology that is anomalous and tells a different story of human origins to what we get taught at university, uh, to work with uh, some scientists, quantum physicists, examining consciousness and self-awareness, but taking it to another level uh, beyond just being aware of ourselves is being aware that we are interconnected to something so much greater than ourselves. And it's within us and within everybody. And this search for the meaning of consciousness and transformation basically took me on a journey that eventually <clears throat> led me to Brazzo. Right, and I just realized I've been saying his name wrong forever. Um so in in the Croatian language, it's B-R-A-C-O, but it's pronounced Brazzo. Yes. In the U.S., of course, we look at that and we want to say Bracco, but in Croatian, it's Brazzo. And I think it's that Venetian uh, influence that Croatia has. Mm-hmm. It almost right. has an Italian sound to it. Yes, it does, but so. But um, and that's so funny because my daughter is uh, going to be living in Italy for nine uh, months coming up, and um, but but you know you look at the picture of this man and he is just there's just a presence there you know just totally uh, totally a presence and so so how is it that um, well let's go to Dr. Sala and then we'll come we'll come back and then we'll go back and forth so Dr. Sala I know that you have authored a number of books you have um, worked in the area of international politics peace and conflict resolution and you've also been a little bit controversial um, in some ways with your UFO research and my from some of the things that I've read and can you tell us just a little bit more about your background hi Cindy yes um, hi I've worked <laughs> I've, I've worked. Can you hear me okay? Is the sound coming through okay? Yes, it's perfect. Great. Okay. Well, um, I've, I've worked in a number of areas. Uh, the one where I worked most in terms of my profession was in international politics, and I was most interested in conflict, international conflicts. And I did field work that was part of my job, where I would go to these countries where there were conflicts, such as East Timor, Sri Lanka, Kosovo, former Yugoslavia. And uh, I would go there to find out, well, how can we promote peaceful dialogue and try and get the people in those conflicts to come up with some resolution of these conflicts. And that's something that I've continued to have a strong interest in, um, even with that uh, UFO research, as as you were mentioning. Uh, And what I got interested in with Brussels was the fact that he could make people feel peaceful, that he could make them bring them to a place where they would be willing to 
engage in dialogue with others and just change their perceptions with others and changing their relationships. And that's really critical in the field of conflict resolution. And so that's uh, part of the reason that I'm so interested in this type of phenomenon. Well, and um, Brazzo has uh, worked all over the world. They're called gazing sessions. Um, and I, I'm assuming you found your way to one of his seminars? Well, I saw him at a UFO conference of all places. That's the first time I experienced him. And in fact, it was the very first time he traveled to the United States. That was back in February of 2009 in this uh, casino city called Laughlin, Nevada. And it was a very curious sight, of course, because here you have this world-famous healer, transformer, um, casino city holding a conference on UFOs. So it was a very strange way of meeting Brussels. Uh, but all things, uh, when they have their beginning, uh, change and they evolve. And so from that very unusual beginning, Brazil has now changed in the United States where he does these, uh, he's a part of these multi-city tours now that span both the East and the West Coast uh, where he gets introduced to many thousands of people in the United States. Well, and um, this is, this tour that's coming to Chicago starts in Portland, Oregon uh, this weekend, September 29th through 30th. Then he will be in Washington, D.C. for nine days, then Miami Beach, Florida for 13 days, and then in Chicago um, for 16 days, uh, starting on the 12th through the 14th. That's a weekend where the public eye-gazing is happening. Actually, Cindy, let me let me just correct you on that. I see how you're reading that from the website. And I know. actually he is that is how many days until the event? Three days, oh. nine days, sixteen days. <laughs> I actually, the out. event I in, <laughs> Sorry, Angelica, thank you for in, clarifying. <laughs> okay, oh, so of course. So in three days, September twenty ninth through the thirtieth, he's gonna be in Portland, Oregon. Uh, for that weekend of Saturday and Sunday. Then he is traveling to Washington, D.C., and he'll appear October 5th through the 7th. That's a three-day weekend. Then he goes to Miami Beach uh, on the 9th and the 10th, and finally over to you in Chicago, uh, October 12th, 13th, and 14th, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, and all of this information is on uh, the website, and it's www.braco.net. You can also go directly to the Chicago page, which is uh, braco.net forward slash Chicago dash Illinois dash two. But all of this, if you just get to braco.net, everything is there. So, um, Angelica, you've written a book, 21 Days with Him. I, I would just love to hear about this journey of 21 Days with Bronzo. Well, first of all, Cindy, I experienced something during the gazing sessions the first time I met Brasso that really changed my life because I had been lecturing on the circuit about transformative consciousness. I had visited many countries and met many phenomenal healers and visionaries. But what I experienced in Brasso's presence, and here is a man who works in silence, and so he works at large groups of people. He doesn't work one-on-one. And somehow there is a dynamic interaction that takes place between him and his audience that affects people's consciousness. And it affected me in such a deep way, initiating so many life changes and physical healings, 
that that is what started me on my journey where I, I met and made an invitation to him to come on his first tour to the United States. And that would subsequently lead to writing the book. So you are the person who invited him. That's fascinating because, you know, I know he's worked all over Europe. I mean, you can just see countless, you know, um, countries he's worked in. But so did you bring him to Hawaii then to the conference that you put on? I did, and in fact, it was a month, uh, a month-long series of events. Not only at my Earth Transformation Conference on Big Island, but we went over to several other Hawaiian islands, and we did a tour with him. And really, in the United States, except for that one conference event he had done in Laughlin, nobody had heard about Brazo, and nobody knew that hundreds of thousands of people visited him annually in Europe, and this was their first experience, and it just caught on fire right away. Wow. Well, and I know he's worked um, in Croatia, Bosnia, Slovenia, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, and we could go on and on and on. And, um, you know, he, I mean, he's had success, like, stories all over the world. And then, um, so this is just phenomenal that, that, you know, you were bringing him to the U.S. again. And I'm sure as time goes on, it'll just be more and more known. Um, because, you know, some of the some of the stories is that you know he doesn't speak a word, right? I mean, he hasn't he hasn't spoken since uh, publicly since what, and two, and this is ten years later, and yeah. Yes, yes, he he doesn't speak in public at all. Of course, he can speak. Oh, of course, uh, but but, <laughs> but when he, but he he used to work by other methods, and when he began gazing. Uh, for the large audiences, he he didn't want it to be about him telling people what they are going to experience or to define their experience. But you know, he's really like a, a conduit for this beautiful source power to come through him that touches people's lives very deeply and intimately, and. It's really about our own experience, what we feel, what takes place afterwards that is important. You know, scientists can define it, and some of them have, but uh, the most important thing is all of the, you know, thousands and thousands of people who have had uh, transformations, healings, awakenings at different levels in their lives. And you pull all this together and you see there is something so potent behind what Bratso is bringing to this world now. Right. Well, and, um, I mean, I I was fascinated when I saw the picture of him. I just, you know, I just went, okay, what is this? There's something about this man. And that's, of course, you know, um, how I found my way to you. But, you know, and there's a website also, The Awakening Within Us, uh, within, within.us, and you just look at the silent gaze and you just feel something. I mean, there, you can't not feel it. And I, I just I just know that he is helping so many people. And, you know, so you you just trusted and listened. But, but look at all the different telecommunication and all the ta- tuning in, tapping in that you have done since the time you were a little girl. So, I mean, you just knew when you met him. I know you did. Well, I did. But also, Cindy, an important element for me was... 
I felt like I was hitting my head against a wall, that I was meeting all these exceptional people, bringing them together in conferences, doing seminars, but I felt, what can we do on a more massive scale that's really going to turn the tides, that not only affects people on the spiritual path who hear the calling, but just everyday normal people who maybe don't know about this type of stuff, how can those people be helped and connected to? And I instantly saw that Brazzo was doing just that and the potential of, of what he's offering to people no matter what level they come from. Mm-hmm. So, um, listeners, this, the, the people from all faiths, all backgrounds, um, are drawn to being in Brazzo's presence. And he charges this nominal fee, $8, and you're in his presence while he does the silent gazing. I mean, there's no one who can, you know, not afford $8. I mean, this is just phenomenal. And, you know, hundreds and hundreds, am I, are there, I mean, what is the largest group that he has done, um, had in his presence before, Angelica? Are we talking about hundreds or thousands? Or I mean, I just, I don't know what I'm seeing, but I'm seeing, like, way more than hundreds at some point. I don't know if I'm seeing into the future or... Um, well... In in Europe, Cindy, there have been events where uh, 10,000 people plus have come in a single day to see him. So we're talking very large groups of people, you know, numbering up to 1,000 people at once. And here in the United States, uh, the audiences usually range in size, I would say, between 250 people and 600 people. So... These are some of the um, some of the different things people have reported. They've reported that um, they've had transformative changes in in their own lives in the area of health, in relationships, career, finances, improved outlook. Um, just they're different. They might not be able to put their finger on it exactly, but they know that after being in his presence, they are different. Um, and it's all silent. And you know, it, it's just. I've worked with other people over the years that, um, I mean, I saw my teacher from India one time arrive, and uh, he said, what am I teaching? And I told him the topic, and he said, how long do I have? And I said, you have an hour and a half. He says, no, that's a three-hour seminar. And I, I said, oh. And he said, I don't know, I could go into it. But the point is is that when we entered the room, there was complete 100% silence and he compressed a three-hour seminar into one and a half. I just and and I think that when people vibrate at the level that Brazzo is vibrating at, they tap into something that is beyond the linear mind. It's totally beyond the linear mind. And he is offering this gift of healing and making it affordable. And I, I just can't thank you uh, and Dr. Sala enough for uh, believing in his work and trusting and bringing it to so many others. Now, um, Dr. Sala, what has been your experience, uh, if I may ask, with Brasso, and how did you get called to his work? Well, it was through the Earth Transformation Conference where I got to see Brasso close up, and working with him it was to see the effect he had on people. And the amazing thing for me in watching this, in going through this journey where I really didn't know anything about him, and I saw how he was having this profound effect on people that were coming to see him, uh, both in the lead-up to the conference, during the conference itself, and during that month-long series of events that Angelica mentioned she organized 
uh, soon after the first Earth Transformation Conference where Brad saw appear back in 2010, that was January, and I, I literally saw just how powerfully he was touching people who were just standing in his presence. He, of course, wasn't saying anything and they were looking at him. And people were reporting all sorts of changes, uh, changes where very serious illnesses, chronic illnesses that have been with people for years and years, even decades in cases, suddenly listed, where people's uh, relationships changed, where uh, their job situations changed. It was like there was no limit on what it was that this man could do. And really it was, I think, testimony to the power of whatever it is that is working through Brazil and how it interacts with people, because I think the big part of the equation is what it is that people bring into a gazing session with Bradsaw. Because people bring along all sorts of desires, expectations, all kinds of emotional baggage, uh, all, a, a life history of issues, and they bring these in. So everyone has a unique experience with Bradsaw, which is why we don't really describe him as being in one particular genre. We don't describe him as a healer, as a prophet, as a mystic, as a transformer, or, or anything like that, simply because the effect he has on people is very unique. Because what it is that a person brings into a gazing session with Dalsor is something that is going to determine or have a very large impact on what it is that they get out of the experience with Dalsor. So with me, it was really seeing the effect he was having with people, and I given my professional background, I was really amazed because I could see that he had the potential to take people to a place where uh, where I professionally had been trying to work for, for many, many years to bring people to a place where they could uh, resolve some of the most intractable things in their lives and Russell was doing it immediately just by standing in front of people. So that, that just completely blew me away, just how, how he was transforming people and so I'm a part of this uh, series of events that Angelica has been organising and um, been helping her in putting together these events and it's just a pleasure to see how he continues to have this enormous influence on people. Right. Well, and you know, there are video testimonies from, from people who have been in this presence. There are YouTube videos. There are, you know, doctors that have um, attempted to measure uh, the energy field before and after, and they, they know something is going on. There have been people who have had radical healings in his presence, um, you know, heart issues that mysteriously repaired, bone and structural disorders that reversed, hearing and vision fully restored, long-term addictions and emotional issues that were suddenly healed, and countless more. And there's no talking. I can't stress this enough. There's, there's just um, this beautiful gift that he offers through his eye gazing but in his in the eye gazing is there's there's a gift that is being transmitted a, a wonderful blessing and what i really like is that he does not teach any particular religion or philosophy or it, it's just um it's just this wonderful gift and uh reverend michael bernard beckwith of the agape international spiritual center you know, uh, considers uh, Brussels' work as having tremendous positive impact on all people, regardless of creed, race, or social status. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just telling you what, I've, what I'm reading and what I've, you know, to, to prepare for tonight. But I knew it the minute I saw his eyes. So, you know, Angelica, what else would you like to share about, um, and, and please let everybody know how to find the book 
and um, what they can expect with the visit uh, to Chicago, uh, or sometimes we have listeners all over the country, so I'm going to repeat these dates again. Bratza will be in Portland, Oregon, September 29th to 30th, which is this weekend, uh, Washington, D.C., October 5th through 7th, Miami Beach, Florida, October 9th through 10th, and then uh, Chicago, October 12th through 14th. But, um, Angelica, what else would you like to share about just, just your experience on this journey? Well, first of all, Brazzo has really shown me that he embodies such a sublime balance between those spiritual ideals so much of us are striving towards and living in this material world and bringing those two elements together in harmony. And he doesn't do it by preaching a philosophy because he's simply not offering one. So when I wrote the book, 21 Days with Brazzo, I really wanted to make the reader feel like they were taking a journey with me at Brazzo's side, observing his choices, the way he interacts, because I felt it really shows us a way that all of us can live our lives, too, that is a much more open to life, uh, loving way of being respectful to each other, but there's not some uh, philosophy that you have to try and grasp and integrate. It's really something that can come so naturally and so gracefully. And just reading about his life, and he's, he had quite a journey. He had many challenges, struggles uh, coming to do this work, and he still faces struggles in many different countries where there is some opposition, whether politically um, by religious groups, that here is a man who isn't a part of their philosophy, but he's just helping to better lives without speaking. And oddly enough, some people have a problem with that. Yet Brazzo looks at this gift that he was given uh, as a sacred responsibility to share with the people. You know, I think there's something to be said for the fact that in the 17 years he's been working, uh, he has never charged any money at his healing center in Zagreb, Croatia. It's always been free, and they don't take donations. And in Chicago or the four cities in the U.S., uh, $8 is charged, but that goes all to logistical costs, renting the venue, etc. And Bratsu doesn't take any of that money. Uh, there is something with this gift that it, it, there is a special force power here present that people can interact with, attune with, and see benefit in their lives. But I think it's important to say that it's not that Bratso has this power. It's that this power has Bratso. It is this coming through him that is aiding people. And it doesn't mean that every single person who comes in the door feels something, receives something. It takes a few visits, like uh, sometimes it takes us a while to open up and to get comfortable to receive. And it's just something that the more we can be present in the moment when we're standing there gazing with Brazo and drop our expectations and allow the experience to unfold, I have seen literally people benefit in ways that are truly miraculous. And you just don't know. It could be a humble thing. It could be a major thing that that takes place in your life. Right. 
And Cindy, I, I don't want to go on too much, but there's one other element that I think is really important here with Brazo. And that is after you receive something, life has been affected in a, a positive way, a wonderful way. What do you do with that? So many people ask that question. And in our lives today, we're inundated with so much information that we can have something majorly positive occur in our life. And a week or a month later, we've almost lost touch with that. And so I always advise people that, you know, there are over 90 films that have been made about Brazzo. There's the book 21 Days. They're all available at Brazzo.net, the website. That anything, even looking at a picture at Brazzo or watching YouTube, it helps people to feel that special feeling of connection that, that he helps to awaken. And the more we focus to that, whether you can, even if you can do that for five minutes every day, it's like we are consciously choosing to nourish something in our lives to bring more of it, to make more of it grow, because our thoughts influence reality. And when we look at it from this angle, Brazzo's gift is like a genesis point. And then it's in our hands to decide that we can allow it to, to grow and become more. Well, and the website's phenomenal. I mean, there's just so many resources. There's music devoted to him. There are articles. There, are, um, There's, like, the YouTube video. There are DVDs. There are books. There is, there's different things all um, that bring Brasso's energy in, in, you know, into your, um, into your vision. And, you know, the whole idea of... Of, of the the saints and the different you know deities over the years, the reason we have a picture of the person or or like their voice or whatever is because it Im- embodies. It helps us make contact with that person. And you know, Brazzo just has this gift. And you know, there are so many people. If you go to the um, Brazzo.net, B-R-A-C-O.net. There are so many different people honoring him. Testimonials. There are um, clips from interviews that have been done, and um, and he just, you can just tell. And I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned what you just did, uh, Angelica, because you know the whole thing is even five minutes a day. If if you spend the time making the contact, you will you will receive some kind of energy transmission or whatever you want to call it but it's not this man is not into power he's totally into surrender and 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 just helping as much as he can you can feel it and um you know thousands and thousands of people each year are are seeking him out and we're lucky that angelica brings him to you know is bringing him to the u.s i mean this is just phenomenal well i love so much cindy the fact that he is literally empowering the people. After after people experience the gazing sessions or, you know, they watch one of the films, or sometimes even when people see his picture, they feel something ignited inside. And I've seen latent talents all of a sudden blossom. I see people's relationships improve. I see their health uh, and their well-being gets better and stronger. And this, he's helping to activate what's already inside of us. We're all connected to source, but maybe because of the chaos in our lives or we're so distracted in so many directions, 
we we can't continuously focus on that element to allow these properties within us to come forward. And he's helping us to do that. He's helping us to remember these things, to feel them inside of ourselves, and then our own answers, our own clarity and strength comes forward. And I think this is what the people are really after on a, on a broad scale, not looking to everybody else for their answers. All these philosophies and teachings are wonderful, but in the end, it's all inside of ourselves. And that's what Bratzo's gift is about, helping us to trigger that, to awaken that, and then to anchor it more deeply in our life on a day-to-day basis. So, um, so listeners, what you're hearing is, if you have Brasso in your city or where you can travel to it, because Chicago is not that far. I mean, that's our big Midwest city. Um, go each day. You know, what Angelica is saying is if you can go all three days, then go all three days. Because over and over again, what you read with the testimonials is that the um, – I went five days, I went three days, and each uh, each gazing session I felt something different each time, but my heart opened more or I felt more peace, you know, um, just just more and more. I mean, one, one person says that she, you know, saw different colors and experienced a floating sensation, and um, but over and over again, you just feel through looking and reading the testimonials, you just feel what some of the people have experienced in his presence. So you can, um, you can, you know, go to the website. You can pre-register. I mean, is is it best to pre-register? I'm assuming Angelica, so you know, or well, you can pre-register. I can tell you, in Chicago, we booked a very large venue uh, and. Uh, tickets will be available at the door, and I don't think we will have any problem with that because of the size of the venue. Perfect. But, you know, just in case, it, it is always good to, to get your tickets in advance if you know when you would like to attend. And I would add with that, Cindy, you know, people report a cumulative effect. When they gaze with Bratzo, everybody I've ever talked to says it feels different every time. Sometimes it's very mild. Sometimes it's dramatic and it's like fireworks. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's a physical sensation. But people talk about feeling that light inside of themselves, that inner connection to something greater than themselves, growing and growing, and that affects everything in your life. And that's why some people will do a few sessions a day, some people will come every day that Bratsu is in their city and attend all the sessions. But I recommend you go by your own inner guidance, you know, what feels, what your intuition tells you. Maybe you're complete after two sessions. Maybe you want to do more. I would just uh, just trust yourself with that. Well, and Dr. Sala, you have, you have seen the miracles with... Um when people set the intention for peace and conflict resolution and, you know, can you share with us what you feel when Brazzo brings his his wonderful gift of love? I mean, I would think he could, I mean, I'm sure after all the different things that you've seen with, you know, you've written over six books on this topic, you've worked with so many different people with the international politics. I mean, what politics, what do you um, 
feel that the biggest gift that Brazzo is bringing us with especially all of us striving for a more peaceful planet? For me, I think the biggest gift it brings is that our intention can be empowered to manifest, that we can set our intention on whatever it is that is important for us and through Brazzo and through the experience he brings to people in the gazing sessions through the, the voice sessions that he does, or through the DVDs and the various products, that people, when they connect with Brussels and this experience, their intentions are strengthened. It's like he is able to give people the power to be able to achieve things that maybe in their ordinary life they've, give up, they've given up on. So for many people, the most immediate things are things like their personal health, personal security in terms of jobs, those sorts of things. But once those things are dealt with, then you can go deeper. It's that kind of Maslow hierarchy of human needs. You go deeper into those needs of self-identity, the needs of belonging to a community, and then what becomes more important are our desires for things like uh, world peace, brotherhood, sisterhood, community, love, and all of these things that are important to us at that deeper spiritual level, and that this experience that Brazil introduces to people helps our intentions in those regards. So if we, for example, want world peace, whatever it is in the world, whatever city is undergoing a crisis or territory or country, these are the sort of things that I know that people are going to feel empowered that they can, with their groups, with uh, this experience with Brussels, that they can realize that. So for me, the most encouraging thing is that whatever your intention is, whatever your aspiration is, as long as it comes from the heart, as long as it's anchored in your core identity, this experience with Brussels can help that become true. And that is truly, I think, the, the, the best gift that Brussels gives to us, that our deepest, most heartfelt desires and aspirations can be realized, manifested. It really is very simple. You just go into these gazing sessions, you just open up to the experience, be aware of the things that are important in your life, your aspirations, your desires, and just all unfold. Right. Well, and, you know, I, I love the testimonials that you have on the website. I just, you know, I mean, the one the one testimonial, I thought, oh, that was my experience. I, I saw the picture of him, uh, and then I went to the website, and I just thought, oh. And this person was describing it that, you know, after he went to the website and after he just kept kept gazing himself upon Brasso's picture, and then he went to the seminar and he had a back injury that was just totally, like, gone. And I love the testimony about the lady who, final stages of COPD, which, you know, for those of you who don't know what that means, it's chronic obstructive pulmonary disease where you just can't breathe, and it's a very frightening illness. And she... She went to several sessions, and then when she left, she took her oxygen off. I mean, now, of course, you know, these everyone has their own personal experience, but the, but the reality is is that there is, there's just so much love, and that's why you want to be in this, you know. Um, there have been people who have been in car accidents that have had limitations and have had miraculous, um, just wonderful turnarounds by being in Brazos' presence. So... You know, listeners, you you know the way this radio show works. You you know, but I'm going to remind you is several things. The minute the show is finished this evening, it will be archived here, and we have uh, so many people who 
let people know that they listened to this great interview and that it's available. And all they have to do is go to the Spirit Seeker site, click on uh, the left-hand corner where the radio show is, and they can go and listen to this. It's archived within, you know, a matter of moments after the show is finished. And, you know, I I resisted this form of radio um, interviews for years because I was in a traditional studio, and then I realized oh, my goodness, the world listens to this. I mean, we, we have thousands of listeners that are, like, not when the show is live. I mean, sometimes we have a lot when the show is live, but you 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 need to, um, to know that this is here. And then also, you know, there's also um, on the Cindy Meyer, there's the Facebook link to this interview as well. And um, they, they have other podcasts that, you know, have taken place that's on net. You can hear other people, um, you know, hear about Bratso. You guys have really... I don't know who designed your website, but it's a great website, and um, I, I just, I just can't encourage you enough to let people know about this, um, this interview this evening and about his coming all to the U.S. starting this weekend. It's worth the pilgrimage. Get people to go, and um, and there is an article in this issue, the September issue of Spirit Seeker, and there will also be um, there's an ad, and there will be one also in our October issue. And all I have to do is go to spiritseeker.com. So, you know, we have just a few more moments. And, you know, I, we've talked so much about Brazo, but I also would just like to talk, um, Angelica, about the other work that you and Dr. Sala are doing. You both are very busy people, contributing a lot. Um, what would you? What else would you like to share in the in the few moments we still have um, for this time for this interview? Well, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, it's I very open ended. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> It, it sure is. Well, really, for myself, since uh, since meeting Brazzo, this has really taken priority. Of course, my interest and Michael's interest continues in the fields of consciousness, extraterrestrials, ancient archaeology, all of these things. But we really, I think, strongly feel together that because of what the challenges that our world is facing right now, the solution to all of these challenges are really the people waking up, the people feeling empowered, the people feeling connected, and that alone will solve all the other problems, make all these other things just become small and eventually disappear. So this has become the pivotal part, you know, of, of our work in many ways. But I also want to want to stress that, you know, we talk about all these physical healings taking place with Brazzo, but there are emotional levels and even spiritual levels that take place for many people that really are, to me, in a way, even more amazing. From uh, We're going to Miami uh, this next tour, and from the last tour, we had three women who had suffered abuse, sexual abuse in childhood, but they lost their voice, their ability to speak up for themselves. Uh, there was a level of shame inside, even though it wasn't their fault, and all three of them walked out the door feeling empowered that they could speak up. One had seen Brazzo months prior and said now her work situation was totally different. She got uh, her colleagues respect that she could speak her, her truth and her peace and be more creative. I mean, really, the, 
the, the potential is unlimited here, how those things that feel broken or hopeless inside, it's like we can, we can rectify even these things and find our wholeness again. And Bratsu is all about helping us to, to be whole and strong once again. Well, and those are the things that you can't see. I mean, you know, it's so interesting. I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, when when people have physical uh, afflictions, you can see them, but the emotional, you don't always see them. And these are the miracles that that are just ever reaching. You know, and so thank you for bringing that up. I, I there's countless you know things with the, the emotional recovery as well, and so. And, you know, it's interesting. I interviewed a woman from uh, Poland, I don't know, it's been almost two years ago, and she said that the doctors and nurses are, are understanding that a lot of the illnesses that are happening now are spiritual illnesses. People have lost their connection to to source, to love. to They just feel lost. And so over and over again, with all of the different testimonials, you hear that this love that is felt in Bratzel's presence is so transformatively healing. And... Um, there's no judgment. There's no anything. Things are just melted, and and they're gone, you know. And um, and tell us again. It's it's on Friday. It's from 11 in the morning, I think, until is it 8 in the evening? It um, is 11 to 7 oh, on 7. the Friday in Chicago, and it's from 10 to 6. The last session is at 6 p.m. Sessions last about 30 to 35 minutes each, and uh, and. Uh, Yes, that's for the weekend on the 13th and 14th, 10 to 6. And the energy is um, is very high. So it is asked that um, the, the people who attend be 18 years or older. Um, you, can, um, you can purchase tickets in advance at www.braco.net. You can also phone for information, 808-328-0999. Um, if there is a question, we can probably take one or two questions. You just push one on your phone, and um, my producer will let me know that there is a question. Um, but this is a, this is a not-to-be-missed opportunity, and um, he's arriving in the States this weekend. So, Dr. Sala, is there anything else that you would like to um, to add this evening to anything we've talked about? Uh, yes. Yes, Cindy. Um, what I'd like to just emphasize is that so many people who come to see Bratzel that they have this feeling of recognition, that they knew him, that they had seen him before. I mean, we have heard it so many times when people come in and they attend the session. And to me, this is like a sign of this transition that we are undergoing as a society, as a planet. And I'm sure as you and your uh, the listeners are aware that we do have this 2012 phenomenon, the end of the Mayan calendar, and many people are wondering, well, and, and believing that we are in fact moving into this fourth dimensional reality, this fourth dimensional realm, where suddenly the, the things that uh, we dreamed about suddenly become viable because our, our dreams, our wishes now can become realized in this kind of high dimensional fourth, dimen- uh, fourth dimension. And I think this is a part of the Brussels phenomenon that uh, personally I think he is here to help spark that awareness, that recognition in people that we are more than physical bodies, that we are indeed uh, spirits having a physical experience, and that as spirits in these physical bodies, that our intentions, our aspirations, literally can transform the world around us. 
and that I think he is a catalyst for this awareness, for this recognition to go. And of course, we are now very, very close to the end of 2012, and all of the things that so many people have been predicting, we're going to see whether or not that is transpiring. And I, and I don't think it's an accident that this is the very time when Brussels is becoming more and more active. His presence on the, on the website is growing much more, uh, not only in the United States, but around the world. Now they are doing for the very first time live streamings that uh, basically enable people all around the world to tune into Brussels and to have this experience with him. And I think a part of that is awakening, is awakening up to our true potential that we have this ability within us not only to change our personal lives by connecting with God or this energy, but also changing the communities we live in and to change the planet itself. So I'm very excited for what is about to happen uh, as we end, enter in a new year, 2013, and all that has been predicted. And I think uh, what Brazil brings brings to people is a big part of this transition. Well, and the two of you, you can hear the enthusiasm, and you know, and you're you're just you know helping so many with the work that you're doing by um, by bringing Brazo and helping so many. So. Um, I, I just want to give the website again. It's uh, and I apologize. We are having storms, so every once in a while it fades out a little bit. Um, but we need the rain, so I am grateful for our rain. But um, it's www.braco.net, which is, is actually braco.net, but it's um, spelled B-R-A-C-O. And you know, I I really would recommend you read some of the different. Um, you know, testimonials, and there is the book that Angelica Whitecliffe has written, 21 Days with Pratso. There are just amazing, amazing different um, testimonials, DVDs, books, music, jewelry. There's products where you can actually download um, a more clear image of Pratso to your iPhone and have him with you everywhere you go. And this is really... Oh, my goodness, did you hear that storm? Okay, <laughs> I apologize. I hope we, we still have... Um, a phone here. We're having terrible thunder and lightning. <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, we're having a paradigm shift right here in the middle of this interview. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but this is what it's all about, and it's coming together in a whole new way. And um, I just really thank both of you for taking the time to come on as my guest this evening. And um, I'm going to once again give the phone number in case you have a uh, want to call and and. Uh, arrange for a group to come. It's 808-328-0999. Um, the, the Chicago event will be taking at the Hyatt, uh, taking place at the Hyatt Deerfield, Deerfield Hotel. It's in Deerfield, Illinois. There's plenty of room. It's a large facility. And um, I just think we're, we're in for a blessing. And so I thank you both for coming on to the show tonight. And um, and. I I'm, apologize for the lightning and thunder in the background. <laughs> but, but well, I have to tell you, Cindy, I love thunderstorms. <laughs> I, I think that there's something so auspicious that that's taking place during this interview. I feel like nature is just applauding. Oh, well, and you live in Hawaii, so you know. I mean, and we've had, we've in the Midwest, we have had this terrible drought. It's like the driest season. You know, people from Texas are like, we had more rain than you people up in up in the Midwest. <laughs> it's like, we, and, and then you know, it's so interesting. One of the articles that will be in the October issue of Spirit Seeker is actually our gardening um, uh, writer wrote about how when we had our first rain after months and months of no rain, within four days 
nature just said, thank you so much, and everything turned green. After being totally brown, one good rainstorm, and four days later, it was it was magically just like, I, you wouldn't think one huge rainstorm could bring it back to life, but it remembered at a cellular memory, it remembered. And um, so I'm very grateful for the rain, and I love thunder, thunderstorms too. So there we go, Angelica, you manifested it for us. <laughs> Well, I have to tell you on a personal note, Brazzo loves nature. I mean, to him, nothing is more important than just going out in nature. And, uh, you know, he just intuitively understands that we need this to balance and harmonize. That, you know, we really can't live without our nature. No matter how many high-tech devices we develop, this is what grounds us and and it helps us to, to be connected. Well, it's just it's beautiful, and I'm I'm so grateful for it, and um, and I'm just so grateful for the work that you're doing, and I'm so glad that I that I found out about Brazo, and I am uh, hoping to be there, and I have told many many friends there are several people coming from all over to to come and be in his presence, so um, so I'm really glad that you mentioned that you know you can come several times, that it would actually um, make sense if you're going to make the pilgrimage, um, I would be in his presence as much as possible, so. Thank you both so very very much and um and uh you know we will we have the the link on Facebook but we'll send out another link directly to the show and I'll be sure and have um my producer send you the interview as well. So thank you both oh, so much for being you. my guests and um and stay tuned listeners we do have uh another guest following in just a moment but we're going to do a few announcements first. So Dr. Sala and Angelica thank you so much for for joining us tonight. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be on your show, Cindy. We okay. really appreciate your great work. Oh, my gosh. Aloha, well, Cindy. Okay, aloha. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, so listeners, we, we are having a storm, and we are you know, hoping that the lines continue. Um, this show is brought to you each week, as I said, by Spirit Seeker Magazine, and you can read the September issue at www.spiritseeker.com. The Midwest is full of events. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, and what is nice about the fact that Spirit Seeker is now in Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis, and also um, we are adding Arkansas. Uh, so we were working with um, Peggy Hill of uh, John Two Hawks, and um, which we were this Spirit Seeker was the sponsor of his musical. Um, you know, presentations all throughout the Midwest in 2011. And I have supported John Tuhok's work since the early 2000s when I first ran across his work. He plays Native American flute for healing. And so uh, as of our October issue, we are expanding into Arkansas and also a wonderful new person who's joined the Spirit Seeker team, uh, Serena Gatti, who is in... um, we, so we now have Eureka Springs, and we are also covering Little Rock and um, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and um, Fayetteville. So we, you know, it's just you know we've support, so supported Dolores Cannon's work in Arkansas for years, and many of you know Dolores Cannon. Uh, she has, she does the Transformation Conference, and then she also works with UK authors. So she has a publishing house in uh in Arizona or not Arizona, Arkansas, but then she also has a publishing house in the UK and she's doing her first conference uh in the UK in two thousand thirteen. So it's wonderful we get to meet all of these authors, etc. 
Okay, so in just a moment, I'm going to bring on my second guest, but before that, I just want to make a few announcements. Um, if you are in the St. Louis area, I will be offering a feng shui three-week series class starting on October 1st, and that will be at the Soul Esteem Center. Um, as most of you know, I offer a an annual feng shui certification program, and that will be starting in December, um, December of this year in St. Louis. Uh, we have people coming from all over the Midwest for the certification program. It's three weekends, and then the rest will all be taught online. I do many feng shui consultations online. People simply email or fax me their floor plans, or they Skype, and into their house or their business I go. Um, I also offer uh, coaching sessions, and I don't know, I stopped counting when I hit 30 states, and I also work uh, you know, into Canada and, in some cases, Europe. So... I have that gift. I have the gift of, you know, the gift of sight, and I'm very grateful that God has asked me to use it in an amazing number of different ways. The um, the other thing is is that I offer meditation each month, and the full moon meditation will be this Thursday evening. If so, if you're in St. Louis, of course, just call me at six three six five three zero seven five seven nine. I offer this once a month, where we do a fire ceremony and we do different types of meditation which leads me into my next guest so um nate is my next guest here i don't know so. cindy he hasn't he hasn't called in yet but i'm i'm, I'm sure okay. he's going to be here momentarily okay so i'm just going to um talk until he gets here but who we are who i'm bringing on next is lama surya das who has just he's just We're so very well known in the area of meditation, and um, but I want to wait until he gets here, you know, so that you can, you know, hear more about his work. So, getting back to to Cindy Meyer and Spirit Seeker, um, so each day is different. So tomorrow I will be um, I will be teaching uh, a group of nurses at a local uh, at a a nursing school in St. Louis about complementary and alternative healing. And so that's it's always uh it warms my heart to open people's minds to holistic approaches and alternative and complementary approaches to working together to create um harmony and balance and peace within the body and within our world and with feng shui um I get to do a lot of that because I help people with their outer world create what they're setting their intention uh from their inner world. And so because of that um, I get this wonderful opportunity of opening minds and uh, rebalancing a home or business. And, you know, how many times have we seen a business that, you know, was successful, then it failed, then another business comes in, then it fails, then another business comes in, and you're like, hmm, I wonder how long that one's going to last. And so it's an energetic thing, and um, and that's what I get to do when I work with um, spaces and uh, homes and a lot of times the same problems that are in the business are carried into the home because it's thought patterns or emotions or feelings, and so um, so that's what I do with my and almost all of my coaching clients that do regular um regular coaching with me we do a feng shui consultation because in almost every case there's something that can be shifted within the physical um, environment to support the intentions uh, that they're wanting to create in their in their personal life. Okay, so um, hmm, 
I'm going to just go ahead and talk just a little bit about Lama Surya Das. I have heard about him for many years. Uh, he has been coming to Kansas City, so we're switching cities now. Um, and uh, Christine Garvey, who is the director at Unity Temple on the Plaza, uh, has brought him brought him to uh, to Kansas City, and then also he was in Chicago at the Celebrate Your Life conference this last, last summer. He's one of the foremost Western Buddhist meditation teachers and scholars. He's one of the main interpreters of Tibetan Buddhism in the West, and he is a leading spokesperson for the emerging American Buddhism. The Dalai Lama affectionately calls him the Western Lama. So he has spent over 40 years studying Zen, Vipassana, Yoga, Tibetan Buddhism, uh, with many of the great masters of Asia, including the Dalai Lama's own teachers. He has uh, twice completed the traditional three-year meditation cloistered retreat at the um, at his teacher's Tibetan monastery. And that's heavy duty. That is not something light. When you spend three years and you're in your master's presence, um, you go deeply and you get processed and you learn a lot. And he's an authorized lama and lineage holder in the and I'm not going to probably say this correctly, Nyingmapa School of Tibetan Buddhism. And he's a close personal disciple of the leading grand lamas of that tradition. He has founded uh, uh, the, the, the Lama, Surya, are you there yet? I'm probably yes. butchering. Oh, the good. Dzogchen <laughs> Foundation, Dzogchen Center. Hello. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you, yeah. Cindy? Hello, Hi. Heartland. Oh, I am I am fabulous. We're having a, a tremendous rain thunderstorm in the middle of everything, and um, so it's it's, a, it's beautiful that we're getting this water. Where our earth is very thirsty in Good. the Midwest, but uh, but you have studied with so many different teachers and have been on this path for a long time. Um, can you tell us from from? I know you lead retreats. I know you do seminars. You've been a speaker. You've. I mean, I can't even imagine being able to go for for two different three-year stints with your master and spending time just in his presence. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like the quiet when you were there and how deep you went. So tell us about your journey, if you would, how this all started, um, because you were one of the first people that really sounds like they got what this was all about in the Western world. Well, um, not exactly, but that sounds good. Uh, anyway, when it first in my generation, you know, the, the boomers, the 60s generation, whatever, um, I met Buddhism in, and yoga, et cetera, in the late 60s in college. And when I graduated in 71 in New York, I went to India. And I sort of never came back, as my mother, Jewish mother would say. <laughs> right. And I stayed over there for 20 or 25 years, and I was a Buddhist monk in a monastery and in yoga ashrams and with my gurus. And met the Dalai Lama at that time in 72, and I've been a student and disciple of his ever since. And now we, we do things together. I'm one of his, let's say, sometime advisors, and I moderate conferences with him and things like that. Um I've been meditating and praying and chanting and doing these things uh, since 1971 full-time. And um, in 1990, started to teach and lead my own meditation retreats, Dzogchen retreats, Tibetan Buddhist awareness meditation retreats around this country and the world, plus writing books and trying to be a positive influence and bring some kind of peace and timeless wisdom to these very um, agitated and fragmented times so that's what i do mainly teaching 
writing, leading retreats, and uh, counseling individuals, and deathbed counseling, and so on, and individual spiritual direction, and also some social spiritual activism, like for the environment and all. You mentioned the rain, Cindy. That's good. The Southwest, and I have a retreat center outside Austin, Texas. The Southwest is just totally drying up. It's really a, oh, it's be a tragedy. It's just been, we had yeah. we had temperatures of 115 degrees, which is just unheard of. You know, oh day God. after day after day. Yeah. This was that was our summer. But you know, I did not realize until I did an interview for um, an event that happened in the Midwest, the first uh, Midwest Bhakti Fest, and the organizer of that event was at Woodstock, and his mm-hmm. friend put Woodstock on, and he and his friend were, you know, it was a couple of weeks before the event, and they're like, okay, what have we? Did we cover everything? And they actually had a an enlightened master from India come and bless Woodstock, which I I had I mean, do you ever remember hearing that part of it? I did not. I was there. I, I saw it. It was Swami Sachi Dananda from India, of course, the great yeah. yoga master, Master Vintagur Yoga, who lived in America the last few decades of his life. Um, these things go deep. You know, it's been here since the 50s and 60s, and even going back to the World Parliament of Religions in Chicago in 1898, when Swami... Um, Vivekananda was there and a Zen master from uh, Japan. So, But, of course, since the 60s and 70s become more popular, and then in the 70s and 80s maybe there was a little backsliding with Reaganomics and the economic impetus. But I think in the 90s and recently yoga, meditation, prayer, spirituality, natural healing, vegetarianism, all these good and healthy things, physically and metaphysically healthy things, have been very, very popular. And now mindfulness is very much on the rise uh, mindfulness-based yes. stress reduction of John Kabat-Zinn is in every hospital. Just uh, mindfulness and meditation for lowering your blood pressure, pain control, peace of mind, and living a more sane and balanced life. So I'm all for it. Well, and you've written so many books. And the, the two recent books, uh, and correct me if this isn't correct, I, I think I have this, is The Awakening, uh, Awakening the Buddhist Heart, and then Buddha Standard Time, Awakening to the Infinite Possibilities of Now. Yes. My newest book is this, uh, Living in Buddha Standard Time and the Possibilities of Now. I wrote it because so many people say they don't have any time today. And um, I'm really wondering where all the time has gone <laughs> and what we're doing to ourselves. And my thesis in this book is that it's not time we lack, but focus, priorities, and awareness and that we really do have all the time in the world. It's up to us how we spend it and use it, you know, use it or lose it, and squander it and, or waste it. And um, I do think that if we do have time to choose quality time over quantity. Mm-hmm. We can make the most of our time. Americans are still watching three or four hours a day of television, so... You know, it's not that we don't have time exactly, and plus the web surfing and the texting and other things we do. I won't even mention, you know, bad habits like addictive habits and other things. So uh, I think we have time. It's a matter of how we use it. So I think we need to raise our consciousness about this and take responsibility. Not that the job is taking our time, the family or the in-laws are taking our time. We're giving our time to those things because mostly because we choose to. And it might not be a conscious choice. It might be a semi-conscious or unconscious choice. But I hope we can take responsibility for that so we can turn this around. Time is like an endangered natural resource, and we waste it and squander it at our peril. And time is life. This life right. is so precious. It's so full. It's grace. It's a gift. We can't afford to waste it and, and, and lose it. And we must do this together. 
that's my message these days. No one can do it alone. Well, and I think that that's the the danger of all of our high tech society. You know, I I've raised children from they're in their early 40s all the way down to my, my youngest is 14. Now, granted, some of those are stepchildren, but um, mm-hmm. but I raised them. And what I do know is this: I remember when um, there wasn't this technology thing that's going on, and you know, the the 14 year olds, you know, think that texting is is having a conversation. <laughs> They they honestly they, I I know. I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like, I know they've forgotten how to be how to how to do FaceTime. I know, and then they know and everything then. about everyone. They they think that they know yeah. all the details, but right. in reality, it's just um, it's very different. And yet they may not know right. the important things, but they know what the people are eating for breakfast. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, and and then yes, exactly. So so awakening the Buddha within. You know, um, can you tell, just, your your work has evolved. I can tell just in the covers of the books and, you know, like, you know, here we go. And then now your new new one, Buddha Standard Time. Okay, so can you tell us what your take is on what is the most important pe- thing that people can do right now to reach this peace and, and quiet that you're talking about in their busy lives? Well, that's a great question, um, Cindy. Of course, if we're conscious, if we're learning the lessons, if we're living, you know, in a intelligent and uh, reflective way, not just uh, running around like life is a to-do list, uh, if we're learning the lessons, then you know, our life and our work and our relationships and, our, and evolve and our character deepens and and so forth. So now I'm I'm more turning my attention towards young people and also toward modern problems and trying to think what this ancient timeless treasure trove of ancient wisdom, Tibetan wisdom, meditation and yoga and Eastern thought wisdom, nonviolent wisdom and, and so on, compassion, etc., can offer us for problems we actually have today like our relationships, like the environment, like violence and anger. So mindful anger management is something I was teaching Saturday at the Insight Meditation Center in New York City. Um, I wrote this book because I think Time and time management and this feeling of hurry and pressure is, is it's like an illness uh, today. It's like we have time sickness, and it's something we need to uh, address. Uh, relationships, and this, we have so much divorce and so much domestic violence. And um, I, I just feel like it's the time for us, uh, especially if we're a little, getting a little older in years, to become the spiritual elders and enlightened leaders that this world and our society here in America so sorely needs and longs for, that we have to do, also we have to do this together. No one can do it alone. Not the president, not the Dalai Lama. No, no one can do it alone. And yet no one is exempt from participating. We're all so interdependent in this increasingly shrinking globe, economy, and environmental crisis. No one can... No one's exempt from participating. So I'm not saying what people should do. I'm just saying we're all part of it. So we have to pull together or we'll be pulled apart. So that's one of my evolving messages. Another one is that I think it's very important for us to gain some spiritual literacy. You know, we we face a lot of sectarian bitterness and partisanship in politics, but also in religion. And religion's supposed to be a force for Positivity in the world, religio originally means to unite, and religion today with extreme views and dogmatism has become a force of uh, danger and even war, terrorism and so on, a problem 
So I think a little raising our spiritual literacy quotient is much called for. And uh, we know so little, for example, about Islam, which is one of the three Western faiths. Of course, we don't know enough about our own religions either. So I think that, you know, we need to bring forth the wisdom part of these traditions that's so common to all of them, and not just the different cultures and um, emphases that are creating all these problems with extreme views and dogmatism leading to the religious wars and issues we have today, like um, the president of Iran being at the UN today spewing his anti-Semitic hate messages, and Iran and Israel being at a kind of a nuclear stalemate. I mean, what's going to happen to the world if they go at it? This is something oh, we all have to address, and it's today. This is not theoretical. Tomorrow well, with the UN, uh, uh, Ahmadjan is going to give a, a talk at the UN, and it's Yom Kippur. The fur is yeah. going to fly. I guarantee it. There's going to be sparks. Right. Well, and it's, um, you know, a lot of people do not know anything about the Mormon religion, and what's interesting is that because there's the potential for us having a president that is that is a Mormon. You know, it's fascinating. There now all this uh, information that most people are, they just don't know. They they've not really learned much about it. And you know, so I'm watching this with my son, who's 14, and he said, you know, he, he said, I said I want you to listen to some of this. I want you to learn some of this. And um, because you know he's been raised dual faith, you know, and you know we will be at temple in the morning, and you know we we also go we 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 practice everything in our house. People come in, it's like, are you a mm-hmm. Buddhist? Well, because we have the Tibetan prayer flags, we have the Buddhists everywhere, we have the Hindu. Because to me, this is what it's all about. It's honoring all paths to God and finding your way and honoring, you know. But, but you know, the fascinating thing about the Mormon religion that I did not know is that you can be gay, but you can't have sex. <laughs> if you have sex, then you're excommunicated. But you can be gay. That's complicated. Uh-huh. It's, it's like, I mean, I thought... Me. I didn't I know that either. I, it was, yeah. But, you know, but I think that, you know, it doesn't mean that we have to approve or disapprove. It's just, I think yeah. that it's, these are interesting times. And, it's interesting, um, very interesting. It's a shrinking world. We all yes, should know each, get to know each other better, otherwise we're not going to get along very well. So you were speaking at Unity Temple in Kansas City. I know uh, Christine Garvey, uh, you know, is, is you know, she's brought you there, and you'll be there uh, coming up. It's not this weekend, but the next on Friday, October 5th. You'll be doing a talk from 7 to 9, and the topic is Ask the Lama. Uh, mm-hmm. And the description is, ever wish you could ask a llama that important spiritual question? Now is your chance. So you'll be uh, at Cornerstone Foundation at Unity Temple in the Plaza that evening, and then you'll be teaching all day on Saturday, 10 to 4. And the um, the workshop is entitled, View, Meditation, and Action, the Process of Spiritual Awakening. So let's talk just a little bit about that, because it. it you know, I think that you're on the forefront. I think that you're, you know, influence, not influencing, but empowering a lot of people with waking up, shall we say. And a lot of people, I, I think, think meditation is something that you said you need to do silently on your own. Yes, you do. But there's the spiritual awakening part of that that I think you're addressing. Yes. Well, I often I go to the heartland about once or twice a year to the Cornerstone Foundation, the Unity Temple in the, in the plaza, and um, Janet Taylor and, and Duke are the ministers there, and they're good friends of mine. And Janet Taylor is a major main disciple of mine, so we always do something that is somewhat Buddhist meditation 
oriented and also something that's somewhat more public, non-sectarian, uh, generic, like wisdom-oriented. So we decided Friday night to do the Estalama thing. Also, I've had an Estalama blog. You can look it up on the web at estalama.com and an Estalama column at beliefnet.com for many years. So this is something I like to do. And uh, I think questioning is a very important part of our way today, whether it's a spiritual path or just in life. And it's very important for young people to feel good about that and that their questions are valid and they could and should ask them, not that uh, doubt is out of the question, as some preachers will tell you. So I I think the questioning and inquiry and self-inquiry are something we could all benefit by, especially because self-deception is really one of the biggest obstacles in the spiritual life. And on Saturday, we're going to have a more um, explicitly spiritually oriented practice day about um, how to find the inner light, the goddess, the godhead, what we call Buddhism, the Buddha within, the Buddha nature, the Buddhaness in each of us and all of us, not just Buddhists. And even not just humans, Buddha said all beings are endowed with this luminous, innate Buddha nature. All beings, even women. That was a radical statement 2,600 years ago, Cindy. Yes. Even non-Buddhists. Yeah, literate or illiterate. He said all beings can become as enlightened as he did by pursuing such a path. So millions have, not just one enlightened person named the Buddha in India. So uh, how to realize or awaken the Buddha within the light, the God or Goddess in each of us, and see it in others and in everything. That's the big life question that I'm addressing well, and I have on the that honor Saturday day long. Yeah. I had the honor and privilege of meeting the Dalai Lama for my first time ever mm. um, from my wheelchair in April. I fractured my knee and my ankle uh, mm. in late January, and I just knew I it was time for me. I, you know, I made the pilgrimage with my girlfriend. She drove, you know, and I, I, I she pushed me around in this wheelchair, and, you know. And there we were. And we had a press pass, and four thousand people in the morning session, four thousand people in the afternoon session, and you know, he had three students from the Chicago schools write. Well, they were awarded. They picked three out of all these submissions of how can we uh in our own home create more peace that then will then go out into the world and so these three young students had the um privilege of reading their essays out loud while we all listened and and he also gave 500 passes to chicago students and you know here are these students that you know have heard about the dalai lama but here they are in his presence and hearing these amazing amazing um you know, articles written, you know, like how, how we can change this in our own home. And one of the one of the students asked the Dalai Lama, he said, um, or actually it was a female, she said, well, what else can we really do? And he said, he said, in 30 years, I will not be here. You will be, you are our future. This is it. And what you're thinking, the fact that you're here today and spending time and, and contemplating what a world with greater peace, he says, you, you are it. Be aware of all of your thoughts. Be aware of everything. And he said, "Do you think, you know, that when a child is born, you know, like I'm one person?" He said, "He said, you know, look at Mahatma Gandhi. Look at, you know, Martin Luther King. You know, you're one person, and yet, mm-hmm. through your thoughts and through your believing in making the world a better place, look how much can happen." Yes, is not encouraging and empowering. Well, 
That's a great message for today. And again, it's a very egalitarian, democratic, non-sectarian message. And it's up to each of us, really. That's why I always like to say it's good to think globally, and we do have global problems we need to address, but also to act locally, beginning with ourselves and each other, like not just worrying about and trying to protect the global environment and the ozone layer and the sea and all that, carbon emissions and so on, but also picking up litter, recycling, and so forth in our own lives, having less of a carbon footprint, all the things that Al Gore's movie, Inconvenient Truth, has listed at the end 10 things. You could look them up online. So I think, um, as the Buddhists say, there is no way to peace and happiness. Peace and happiness is the way. So it's up to each of us to smile a little more, and that doesn't mean to fake it. But, you know, have eye contact. Mm -hmm. Consider every relationship or every moment, every momentary encounter an opportunity for, you know, a, a... Connecting, not proselytizing, just an opportunity for connecting for quality time, no matter how fleeting, you know, meeting the eyes of your bus driver, your your mail person, your dry cleaner, whoever, not just seeing them as, as like uh, objects are unimportant. And this is how we can have a better world, by seeing the light, bringing the love to, into every moment, every encounter, everyone and everything. And that's a practice. That's something we do. It's not just like a belief, like we could do it. We need oh, no, to do it. Oh, no, it's being mindful. It's being mindful. And, you know, yes. today mindful I was... Mindful in uh, every moment. Right. This friend of mine asked me to um, check in on her mother and offer her healing. And so I hadn't been in a nursing home in a long time. I started off as a nurse in the early 70s. And, you know, I I I have, you know the gift of healing, and so I, I said, I, I don't mind at all. And so I walked in, and it was fascinating to me. You know, like some nursing homes, you know, everybody's just kind of zoned out. Not, I walked into the wrong division, number one, and mm. everybody knew. But, but see, I was happy. To, I'm happy most of the time. I mean, it takes an awful lot to, like, take my joy away. So I'm like this happy girl. And it's amazing what you just said, because I had these meaningful eye contact with so many different people, you know, wheelchairs, all different states of everything. But some of them, some of the different people that I met today, they just smiled, and you could feel the love. And it was just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I know you know what I'm talking about. We're like personal ambassadors of joy. And the more we work with this energy in our own lives, we bring it everywhere we go. And we don't know if it's the taxi driver that we give that extra special smile to. It really doesn't matter. It's just this outpouring of we're all in it together. Um, which comes from deepening meditation. So, listeners, I want to give you this wonderful website for this gentleman you're hearing, Lama Surya Das, and I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Am I? Is that yes? Yes. Oh, Very good. Amen. Thank you. Okay, it's www.surya.org, which is S-U-R-Y-A.org. There are all the different books that you that he has written. There's audio section. There's the events. There's a blog. You have some great um, things on your blog. I thought, wow. Just really nice, and uh, thank you. And you're you're doing fabulous work. So I'm really glad that you know you went to India and stayed for a while and have helped all of us because um, I mean I can just I can just you know I can see it in the photos. There's some great pictures. Um, I'm assuming that's Ram Das in one of them. Yes. Yes, he's a good <laughs> friend of mine. I was we in were the same um, ashram together. We're the same oh. guru that gave us our name. Oh. And Krishna Das and all the other Das brothers were there together. Oh my gosh! Okay, you're talking about Krishna Das, that is the wonderful Kirtan the singer. Chant master. Yes, yes, Bhakti. yes. I just, 
Yes, he was. He's Broke come to St. Louis. Same ashram. Wow. Yeah. What, what I can't even imagine. I mean, how amazing is all that? Fabulous, fabulous. It's a beautiful thing. It's a good karma, and that's why I invite people to link hands and hearts and heads like we are, Cindy, and, and to do this together. It's a beautiful thing, and everybody's invited. No one's excluded. Absolutely. It's not that, it's not that obscure or complicated. You don't have to go to India and learn Tibetan like I did now to do it. In the 70s, we didn't have all these yoga studios, meditation centers, and online courses, uh, and Buddhist and, and yoga magazines like we do, and websites like we do today. No, no, there was, so, there so was very little. So we're having a little spiritual renaissance here, and however grim the news, the outer news may seem to be, I think it's important to stay in time with the uh, inner news or the timeless news, that the uh, good news, you know, that uh, hope rises every morning, as the good book says. That every day I wake up, I look outside and say, "Who made all this? This is such grace! Wow, wonderful! Thank you." Say thank you. Yes, and just that gratitude, that gratitude, and you know, I just really uh, thank you for encouraging all of us to honor all the different paths. You know, when I was in Egypt, I'll, I'll never forget the first time. You know, because I had never been to, um, you know, a country that had so many. I mean, the Coptic faiths you know, the, the the Muslims, et cetera. And the, but when the mosque, when that, that sound would call people, I mean, there's just something about the ancient origins of some of the different paths. And, you know, I mean, I, I just think we need to learn more. And I think that's part of waking up is is understanding that, you know, there are just so many different ways and paths to God. And, you know, there's Congressman Tim Ryan who has – been taking mm-hmm. mindfulness into the Senate, you know. Which is, yes, isn't it you know, wonderful? I mean, he wrote a yes. book, The Mindful Nation, a congressman from Ohio. Yes. This is not obscure. Yeah. This I, is not I obscure, think, and it's not foreign, and it's not threatening to Judeo-Christianity either. Right, right. It's like mental oh. floss. It's good for every day. <laughs> mindfulness. It's like mental floss. Good for okay. every day. Keep you shining and white, or whatever color you are. Excuse me. <laughs> I know what you meant. I know exactly. It's the it's the bright light within. So there you are. So this is Lama Surya Das, who I have heard about you for so long, and I missed you in Chicago. I I don't know how I don't know how I met. Well, I was barely walking, so I I normally went would go mm-hmm. to every seminar at Celebrate Your Life, but um, but this year I just did a limited number of uh, seminars because I was just starting to walk on the cane. But um, but here I am. You know, it's like. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. So I really, really want to thank you for coming on as my guest tonight, and um, thank you, and letting your shiny, shiny, bright light shine for us. And uh, you know, listeners, you can find out everything about. He has a New York visit coming up. He has the Kansas City visit coming up. Everything's on his website. www. Yes, I have a retreat in Texas. Oh wow! Retreat okay, in California. Okay. Yes. Uh, so Surya dot org s u r y a dot org, but I just I mean that is just amazing that Krishna Das and and Ram Das all of you were I just I did not know I mean because I was at a Wayne Dyer seminar I won it through Hay House Publishing and Trip for Two it was in two thousand and eight it was the same year I went to Egypt and you know so here I am you know at the, and Wayne Dyer didn't think anyone would come it was the first time he'd ever hosted anything you know in Maui. And over 500 people showed up. And then we had the wonderful surprise uh, gift of, of Ram Das, you know, and, you know, who listeners I'm sure you know, but if you don't, be here now. And then now his most recent book is uh, Be Love Now, which I think we've all evolved, you know, I mean, and that's what it's all about. So, yes, isn't that uh, a great message, Be Love Now? 
Oh, that's it. It's like I love that. three words, be, love, now. Whether, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, and I remember one of the first times, well, I, I saw my first Swami when I was like, maybe 18 or 19 years old, this friend mm-hmm. of mine, Marie Hishke, 80-year-old lady who introduced me to all of the Edgar Casey teachings and everything. She says, she said, I want to go to the Theosophical Society. And, of course, she wasn't driving, and I was her friend. And so she, I said, okay, Marie, here we go. You know, and she handed me so many different books that I still have, you know, to this day. I'll reread them, you know, at times and just open them up for wisdom. And, you know, and I, I just thought, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'll never, ever forget Marie Hishke and everything that she taught me. And, you know, you just, you know, and then I remember one time a friend of mine went, uh, the, well, of course, I met him after all this, but, you know, he went to um, the Maharishi campus, and, you know, he was and he was mm-hmm. a school teacher, and he thought for sure he was going to go and teach meditation right away, and instead he got the job of cleaning the toilets. And he just <laughs> was flipping out, like, what in the world? They're wasting, and he was, like, grumbling and... You know, like you know, you can you can imagine, like, why aren't they making me a teacher? I can't believe this. And then one day he realized, okay, well, if they want me to clean the bathrooms, fine. I'm going to make them the most beautiful bathrooms anyone's ever seen, and people will walk in and they'll feel this love and this, you know, this whole. Isn't that great? Of these bathrooms. That's a good story. Well, and the next day, what do you think? They're like, okay, now yeah. you're going to do something else because he mastered it. So it really doesn't right. matter what we're doing. It's all be That's love right. now. If we do it with love. Yes. Oh love and surrender and, you know, for the good of all, dedicate ourselves to something bigger than ourselves and our own petty momentary desires. Well, I think... So one of my friends has two PhDs, and he was a professor, and he was a vice president of publishing. He went to India to Swami Muktananda's ashram. This is about 25 years ago. The great Swami Muktananda, who started an ashram in the Catskills, uh before he died. Anyway, Swami Muktananda and um, Vincent, his wife, Lucy, was a banker. And uh, Vince was assigned to clean the gigantic uh, frying pans of the ashram that cooked for the, you know, the 500 people. That was his job with his great qualifications. <laughs> and he said it was one of the best things that ever happened to him. Right, right, because he, he was, was so right humbling, there with it. <laughs> and it was so not in his head for what he was in India, not in his head. With these right. gigantic frying pans, you know, like kind of army aircraft carrier sized. <laughs> oh, I can't. Well, trying to feed 500 people, can you imagine? <laughs> but uh-huh. but that's what it's all about. It's like okay, someone we have to we have to eat. We yeah. <laughs> right, we have to eat. Somebody has to do the frying pans. Yeah, and do the love, and so and then everything's cooked in this frying pan with all the love that we've added. You know. <laughs> It's just—it's all part of the journey, isn't it? It's just part of the journey. Our and that's guru, what... Bobby, used to say, "Feed him and love him." That was one of his famous sayings. Oh. Like, feed him and love him. Feed him on all levels and love him every time, every, every opportunity. And there you, there it is. So wise words. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on tonight, and I would love to have you as a guest again. So we'll we'll stay in touch. My and, pleasure, Cindy. Anytime. Uh, Why don't you come you. and visit? You know what? Come and be as my guest when I'm in Kansas City to the Friday night or the Saturday and introduce yourself. I, I would love that. And I and I you know, I love the work that they do at Unity Temple. They support so many different things and I know she's been a supporter yes. of yours because you know, I, I've seen your name yes. and I'm like, you know, so here we are. So thank you. I would love that. And uh and listeners, you know, Spirit Seeker, as you know, is all over the Midwest. We just stayed in Arkansas and then we've been read online for thirteen years. 
spiritseeker.com. Send me an email to info at spiritseeker.com, and we will let you know about wonderful radio interviews like this and all of the different articles. We don't sell our list, but we allow people to let um, let our readers on the e-zine and the magazine know about the wonderful things that are coming um, to the U.S. So there you go. Well, thank you so much, Lama Asiria Das, and um, thank you, listeners, for making this show possible. So there it is. And have a wonderful week. Thank you, week. Cindy. And thank you. Okay. Love to one and all. Bye-bye. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.